It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? It's G Funky the Boss, and I'm back to talk some boxing with some friends of mine. We're going to be talking about the card ESPN. Teofimo Lopez is back. We'll also be talking about the young Puerto Rican sensation, Xander Zayas. And then we're going to talk about a narrative that's out there Virgil Ortiz being one dimensional. All right. Don't you guys go anywhere. We'll be right back after the intro. Sorry about that. It was on mute. What's going on, guys? I'm being joined by some friends of ours tonight from the Long Live Boxing Crew. Sean Gringo Hips, Manny Marrero. What's going on, guys? Hey, Let's get it. Boxing. <laughs> That's right. I love these guys here. Make sure you subscribe to Long Live Boxing here on YouTube. Great podcast. They do every Sunday, 12 Eastern, 9 Pacific. I check these guys out every Sunday. I get up. And uh, never disappoints. That's for sure, guys. So make sure and you I guys go ahead and do that. Thank you so much for your support um, and, and, and all you people, you know, jumping on board. And, and this is the greatness about this is that we get to collaborate with amazing people that love, you know, the sport of boxing. So thank you for having us. Anytime, man. Anytime. You guys know that as long as it's real, unbiased, unemotional boxing talk. I'm good with it. And that's what you get over there at Long Live Boxing. So make sure you guys check them out. If you like what I do here, you're going to like what they do over there. All right. 
So let's talk about a few things, guys. I didn't get a chance. Normally I go live uh, right after uh, the fights on Saturday. I didn't get a chance to do that this weekend for the young phenom out of Texas. Yeah. Virgil Ortiz annihilates Michael McKinson in nine rounds. Should have been eight. That's the round that I picked. All right. Uh, <laughs> but um, anyways, it gets the job done. But there's some things going on about uh, what Virgil and what he's what he's good at, what he's not good at, how good is he, those sort of things. So I just want to ask you guys real quickly. I'll start with you, uh, Sean. What did you think of uh, Virgil Saturday night? Well, yeah, first of all, yeah, congratulations to the young phenom from Texas, the future of boxing. He did his thing. I was definitely impressed with him. Um, you know, he had a great self-assessment after the fight. Uh, basically, the first seven rounds, he was too anxious. He got caught up in the moment. Um, he really wasn't listening truly to his to his corner. Um, he wasn't listening to his father, who was like the main lead person in the corner. Even Manny Robles was there. The be patient and let the fight come to him, not force the action and be too anxious and force shots to you know try to get the you know uh, amazing knockout. You know the, the knockout will come with the power. And when he started digging in with the power, you know on the body, it was game set match. I mean, he just totally took the soul <laughs> soul snatcher. <laughs> from uh michael mckinson and shout out to him for being the tough warrior fighting and grinding all the way through even through looks like a potential injury to his leg you know so um impressed with him and you know shout out to him and shout out to his corner for having a great game plan and uh you know i i had the utmost ex um highest appreciation for what virgil did i saw a full package on display not a one-dimensional fighter a fighter that's developing and growing in front of our eyes and getting better so Putting the world on notice as always absolutely man manny what were your thoughts on the young virgil ortiz this saturday man i have to say there's a lot of uh weight uh in his shoulder and a lot of comments that i've heard through this last week and it could be comments from people in their own perspective right uh i don't think you had to do anything with virgil but a lot of people commented that, that he wanted to really make a statement when the first few rounds to make sure that people really know hey I am the number one youngest contender for the rest from the rest of the pack. And when I talk the rest of the pack, Boots Enos. When I talk the rest of the pack, Connor Ben. When I talk the rest of the pack, Rocha. And on top of that, at Cobbs, that he probably slipped into the fifth one when it comes to the best contenders right now in 147. And I really doubt it. But at the same time, I think he really wanted to impress the local people. Anytime that Virgil's out here, you can see his how charismatic he is and how he really um work the people around and dedicates time not only to the media but to his fans and saying that he's a, he's a one-dimensional when you're starting to being develop yourself changing into it well not changing trainer his father's still in the corner but adding robles into his into into his camp and it, being able to adapt to a different style all those the same thing that virgil's been doing for quite some time but i think he's learning each and every fight and at this time like my brother sean said i'm gonna piggyback, piggyback on you sean is that when you sit down and you listen and you apply okay your talent and what you're capable of now we start seeing a fifth six seven eight round going into the body strengthening the combination understanding the power but also delivering in on into perfection right and you know the key point right now to um virtual ot's fight it's it's that body and how he destroys people with that and how smart he is when it comes to adapting and changing after the third round 
we did see that coming up. And, um, you know, right now, you guys, uh, I think the Dallas, Texas witness and in the Metroplex and Fort Worth, I want to leave behind my people in Fort Worth. Fort Worth also, they witnessed, they continue to witness greatness, a super champion in the makings in the future, same as Earl Spence, what he's done. But right now, Virgil is actually capturing you know, a lot of different people because of his personality and his fan base is growing and growing and growing that it makes it a complete package at the 147. Absolutely, man. Well said from both of you guys. You guys are both Texas based. So you guys got to bring that Texas flavor to the show, man. I love it. <laughs> Tell you what. I love it. All right. <laughs> Puerto Rican Texan. <laughs> That's <Viva>! right, man. <laughs> Chain with the ice is here. Bruce goes, or sorry, Bruce Gas. I'm sorry. I'm used to saying Bruce. Bruce goes for so many years. Boxing, jazz, and more. That's my guy right there. We both love jazz and boxing. So, you know, hey, of course we're going to get along. Uh, and Javier is here. What's up, man? I know um, haven't seen you here in a while, but thanks for stopping by. Make sure you guys hit the like button and all that good stuff. If you're new to the channel, subscribe. Now, look, I'll say this, man. Um, some of the things I've been hearing about Virgil have been just absolutely off the wall. I mean, I, I there's just no other way that I could explain it. Off the wall. Some of these things that he looked vulnerable. People are going to say he looked vulnerable in there Saturday night. How could a guy, that's a question to, to the chat and to the panel here. How could a guy who wins every round of the fight and knocks the guy, stops him, right? How do you look vulnerable in that situation? You just don't, right? Am I right or wrong? <laughs> no, you're, you're definitely right. But right, I think sometimes right. people forget that it is a fight and other people get hit. You know, it's not, you know, a one-sided affair. It's not a beatdown. It is a, a chess match. It is a boxing. It is a sweet science. So, and it's also, too, which we'll talk about after you go into, you know, your breakdown of what you see a potential of um, how Virgil is doing a lot more than people get a credit for that could biasness be creeping in? Could it be impacting their their vision? Could they have hate goggles on? We'll, we'll definitely look into that. That's true, man. Shout out to Chauncey Pearls as well. Uh, Javier says, um, Boots is a great fighter, but I just don't get it when some people put him up there with the champs and away from Virgil. I feel like Virgil is more tested. Now, I would agree with that. He definitely is more tested. We're going to talk a little bit. I don't want to make this too much about that, but obviously that's, what the, that's where all this talk is coming from. Okay, Boxing Vitals, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining me. I, got, I, I prepared some clips here. For you guys to check out. Now, look, I'm going to say this before I show what I have. Okay, this is not in no way me trying to say that Virgil is just going to wipe everybody out in the welterweight division. Okay, this is simply to attack the narrative out there that this guy is, like I put in the title, one-dimensional, terrible on defense, bad footwork, and gets hit too much. Whatever it is you want to say, right? I'm going to show you some things here that I see right that will maybe make you think twice about some of those things uh because i just honestly i just don't get it man um and we're again like i said we're going to talk a little bit more about uh the boots and his comparison that's been going on uh in this community as well so here's here's the first video that i have for you guys here we see in round one virgil's gonna avoid a straight jab from the southpaw by dipping to the inside and then he's going to shoot a counter right hand straight on the money perfect counter shot for an orthodox fighter here we're going to see him get a, a lead side angle and shoot 
two shotgun jabs that rock the head of McKinnison right here. There's one, and then bam, another one right on the money. We also see here that because he's on the angle, he's safe from any attack, and he's also got the right hand up in case he does throw something wild. Here we're going to see Virgil use good footwork to cut off the ring. McKinnison wants to go to his right. Virgil knows that, so he's going to take another step to the outside to his left, and then cut him off right there, forcing him to either go straight back into the corner or go to his left, which he doesn't want to do. And he can also attack from this angle. Here we're going to see him switch up his approach while he's pressuring McKinnison. Shoots a straight right hand, this time instead of the jab. And then we're going to see him get on that angle right here. And McKinnison does a good job of avoiding this right uppercut that Virgil threw. Uh, but again, you see he's switching up the attacks. Now again, using the angle, this time he's going to come over the top with a left hook. Boom, right on the money. And McKenzie is in no man's land here. He can't defend against any of these shots. There's a straight right hand to follow the left hook. And then Virgil is going to hit him straight in the body with the left. And then finish up with a nice little short right uppercut to the side of the head. Beautiful attack on the angle by Virgil. Here we're going to see nice defense catch and shoot from Virgil as again he's applying pressure. There goes a straight left hand that he catches right on the high guard. And then bam we see a nice left uppercut. The catch and shoot beautiful defense to offense. And once again forcing McKinnison to go to the left which he doesn't want to do. Here we're going to see Virgil with another counter shot and use good footwork. He's going to avoid the straight left hand, use the long guard defense, shift his weight to the back foot, and then bam, blast him with a nice right hook right to the head. So yeah, that's that's uh, what I seen uh, from Virgil last Saturday night. Uh, I did not see a one-dimensional attack. I just didn't. You know, and I feel like if anybody's out there saying that, I really oh, have to man. question. I really have to question where you're coming from. All right. Uh, man and water is here. What's going on, man? And my homeboy Guido as well. Uh, let me read this comment here. Man and water says he needs to fight someone that is uh, closer to a 50 50 fight to really know what he's made of so far. Uh, plan A has been. No, I agree. And, and he's ready for those fights. There's people even saying he's not ready. He's ready. I don't understand. Like, wh what else does he have to do? Uh, super chat here from my man Chauncey Pearls, the 999. Let's give him a hand. Woo! Thank yes. you so much, Chauncey. Great subscriber there. He says, I did see room for improvement with Virgil, but he's young. Mad time to improve. Um, I see I had a great assessment uh, of Virgil that made me change my mind, labeling him as one-dimensional. Well, I'll say this, yeah, man, and thank you so much for uh, for that as well, uh, Leave It In The Ring. Subscribe to Leave It In The Ring Boxing. Great channel here. And here, look, I'll just say this. Before I, I go back to you guys, I have another video here. This one's not as long. It's, it's shorter. Um, but look, Virgil has been fighting this way against other fighters. This is not something that just happened in the McKinson fight. He's been doing this against other opponents. So we'll check it out right here. Hooker, we're going to see Virgil Ortiz use good footwork to create an angle to attack through the high guard of Hooker. Here he takes a step to the left. Hooker shells up, and now he's got a nice space to split the high guard with the right uppercut. And he does exactly that and lands it flush right on the money, right between the guard of Mo Hooker. 
Here against Sammy Vargas, we see Sammy Vargas using a shoulder roll Philly Shell defense, which is a little more difficult to attack straight on. So Virgil starts off with the three, follows up with the two straight right hand right on the money. And now he's able to get right on top of Vargas's left shoulder. And Vargas, again, he's in the shell. So that whole left side is exposed and now he eats another left uppercut. And he's in no man's land, basically. Great stuff by Virgil. Here we see him now. This is the end of the fight, round seven. We see him. He's going to go great angles to the right. And then he's going to go ahead and shift over to his left as well. Looking for new ways to get in. He's not just coming straight in. And he, eventually he did find that opening and ended this fight moments after this right here. Great stuff again. Great footwork for Virgil. So, yeah, guys, this is not new. This is not something that, again, just happened. He's been doing this type of stuff, man. And I'll say this again. Anybody that is saying that this kid is one-dimensional, you just have no idea what you're looking at. What do you mm -hmm. What do you guys say to that? You know, Funky, I'm glad you show those highlights because now that gives a different perspective to people. And 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 my thought is that did you see Virgil how he's looking at the area? He's focused. He's making his moves that you mentioned, moving lateral, and and he's got his face focused on that. And I'm not sure. Um, if you guys remember, on the second round, when Virgil Ortiz fought a much stronger power puncher than Cal Velasquez, all right, in that second round, Cal Velasquez basically hurt Ortiz. Yeah. Cal Velasquez did try to press him into action. Ortiz was sturdy enough, and he started to recover and doing those kind of things. And he actually, you know, it was almost people were thinking that was an even round. But at the same time, that's the type of um, – you know, uh, the, of, of, of showman that he is when it comes to the boxing with his IQ moving around, understanding his opponent into making sure that, you know, I can either recover or I can either take control the same way he did with Mackinson, not, not taking anything away from Mackinson, undefeated fighter, not a lot of power, but at the same time, it only took a slight little mistake for actually Mackinson to at least get that first round under his belt. That makes sense. So, so yes, he's young. I like the fact they said in the chat he's still learning, but he's learning rapidly because, mm -hmm. you know, he understands there's no more time. The competition right now is huge at the 147. I don't think he's ready 154 eventually in the future, but 147 where he wants to be and he wants a shot and he needs to continue to have these kind of performance so that way he can attract those big major, major fights. 100%. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I definitely agree. And yeah, thanks for those video clips. I think you did a great job, G Funky. That's uh, some good stuff there. And also, it kind of reiterates what I believe is kind of perpetuating some of the, the narrative or the thoughts. One thing that I took away from the fight that, you know, as far as maybe a negative, but it was a self-assessment again by Virgil, was patience. You know, he is an anxious guy. He's got, you know, that motor running. He wants to go in there and put on a show in front of the hometown fans. And he wants to come back and show everybody that, hey, you know, I'm the guy you remember. I know the fight had to be delayed because the fight was supposed to happen back in March. But because of, you know, he had to deal with the ailment. So he had all those things kind of carrying over. And those, those anxious things kind of build up and just kind of like a powder keg. And he just wanted to explode. And that, that patience... He has the ability. He has the skills. Uh, even his father called out. He was not even cutting the ring off, but we know he can cut the ring off. We know yeah. he has good body movement and his mid-range. He has those skills, and he definitely has a good lateral movement. But what I want to say is sometimes you got to take a step back on where is the, the noise, because that's what it is, 
coming from. So my question is to you, I know it's your show, brother, G Funky, do you feel like it's something that's being pushed out there from the standpoint of where I understand that people appreciate one fighter, but doesn't mean you have to depreciate or underappreciate another fighter. I don't know about you, but I love boxing. So <laughs> it seems almost like, um, again, maybe that's just my perception that because we want the super fight in the future of Virgil Ortiz versus Boots Dennis, and they have that comparison, it seems like automatically there's kind of like a, um, a dismissing of what Virgil does and a, a lot of Boots fans. And you know, I, I love Boots, you know, I'm a big fan of both. And I think you can be a, a fan of multiple fighters in a division. That's the beauty of the sport. We should want the best to come forth and put together the best fights. And I don't think that, you know, your favorite or your f fandom should blind you or mislead you to the point of where you're not appreciating a fighter or you're uh, have your blinders off and you see things that aren't there because to call him a one sided fighter and to take a step mm -hmm. further, I think sometimes when you have, you get to the destination, you don't realize that you can get to different routes because he's won all his fights by knockout because he does have great power because he does control and he does, you know, manhandle a lot of his opponents. People think that's all he is when it's not, you know, he is more well-rounded and I don't look at him as a, I don't even, Think of his knockouts. I think of Virgil as a complete fighter. So what do you say, G-Funky, to that? Do you think there's something to maybe there's some biasness or there is a wedge because people do see them as being um, the next the next heir apparent, so to speak, between Virgil and Boots, and they're kind of forcing um, um, a wedge between groups of fandom, and it's, it's kind of impacting how people see the development of both fighters, in fairness. You know, because I've actually also heard people quick to call out, um, you know, well, Boots hasn't fought anybody. Well, he hasn't. But <laughs> at the same <laughs> time, you know, we have to appreciate what they're doing and not so much about focus on things that, you know, have nothing to do with the results. It's more of what pure talent, John. Mm -hmm. From Enos, he's the talent that you see. Hasn't fought anyone. Yeah. The way he fights inside the ring, it's like we can't wait to see a stronger up. Definitely, but, yeah. So. Definitely talented. You could definitely see with the eye test, no doubt about it. I like this comment here from Guido. He says, I don't understand why some people keep sitting on Virgil Ortiz. The man, they want him to fight like Floyd Mayweather defense. He's a pressure fighter. That's exactly the truth right there. Like, why does it, we're in this era where it seems like everybody has to fight like a defensive wizard. Like, that just doesn't make sense. And look, I'm going to say something here that might be controversial to some of you. All right, but ready. Fucking breaking news, okay? And I can back it up, maybe. Hey, hey. <laughs> breaking news <laughs> right here. Fighters breaking get hit. People. Fighters get hit, guys. Okay, every single one of them, even Mayweather, <laughs> even Whitaker, even Willie Pep, whoever it is you want to talk. That was a, a great defensive fighter. No disrespect to those guys, but everybody gets hit. Okay, and when I see Virgil in, in his fights, I don't see a guy that's getting hit with reckless shots. He's not a guy that's out there getting hit with two, three, just to land one. I just showed you how the, with a guy that, that he's able to move his head off the center line, get around and create angles, come in differently on his approach to, to uh, attacking fighters. It just doesn't make sense. And I agree. It is a lot of guys on the PBC side that are saying this nonsense, man. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it's the truth, you know, and, and, shout and out I'm going to my find that real quickly. Christine. G funky. It's called ring. IQ. ring. There IQ. you go. Right. There you go. 
my sister here, my big sister in the ring, Christine, says that the Crawford Spence fight doesn't pan out. He gets a shot at a bigger dog's. Who does he have a better chance with, Spencer Crawford? Real quickly, guys, I would say Spence. Who you got? Spence. I would say uh, I would say Spence is a better matchup, and then also personally, I'm biased as hell. It would be a better matchup because I could go see it. It'd be in Texas. Love wrong with that. Yeah, but I think matchup wise, I think it will be unbelievable. We we talked about that last time. I almost like passed out. Um, always eyes rolling in the back of my head, but yeah, I, I, first of all, I would love both fights, you know, so it's like, you know, what do you prefer? Um, what's your favorite ice cream? I mean, I, ice cream, you know, that's my favorite flavor. So there you go. Um, <laughs> I, I think both would be amazing, but if you want to go technically just off the top of my head, I would say the Spence fight. Um, then also too, if you want to go that route, which I know that's not always your favorite, you're the boss, but right. it is a more lucrative fight too. So you, that fight Absolutely. at the Cowboy stadium, way more De Niro, like, way more and that's no disrespect to crawford at all uh and then also too are you sure sean um, about that one (laughs) i don't know a lot of things but i I know that that one would make more money in in my opinion and then also too i think from the fan interest standpoint because i I could see that being as um um a more competitive fight in 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 respect to no um to errol spence for sure I think it's a difficult fight, regardless of, of who it is. You know, I think it's difficult because of the advantage of the reach that Spence has. Um, not enough power as Crawford, but it'll be a little bit difficult for Virgil to really try to get him in the inside. So he definitely needs to continue to improve on the footworks and also the lateral moves to make sure, you know. Um, but at the same time, when you look at into Crawford, he can't make the same mistakes he did with Maxson. He can't make those um, basic mistakes he did with Kavalaskas. Um, and, um, if you do that with Crawford, it's going to pay off. However, in, you know, I saw Christine, you know, we had a conversation the other day, but I I am (laughs) concerned and you probably did, you know, you, you, you told me don't be concerned, but you know, the inactivity of Crawford, we've seen Spence active. Yes. Um, Crawford's been a little bit inactive. So it it just, for me as a boxing fan and I, I get it. I understand. I'm like, I'm thinking right now, even if this fight, um, gets to happen, and right now, the guy that I'm more accustomed to see in the ring is ESJ. Crawford, I can I can go back to his clips and I can say his resume is, is, is not that bad in compared to Spence, if you look at it. But yeah, the time frame and and, and and you know what? You're missing out because Spence is giving shows left to right. Crawford's been very limited to certain areas, certain space. So I think that's why this fight, it's so complex to finalize it um, because there's just a lot of stuff that's behind the scene that a lot of casuals don't understand. Um, but at the end of the day, it involves of the talent, but also involves of the accolades and what are some of the things I'm able to accomplish. So man, yeah. Virgil, you know, is young, talented. I think he, he I, I don't see him ready next fight. I think he does fight another fight and then maybe possibly um, later on after that, hey, you know, a lot of people have asked me, Manny, you know, you're in Dallas, you know, Virgil, um, who would you like come to see uh, the next? And I'd like to see him challenge and go for that Reg Bill, Stanionis. Um, That will be a great fight. Uh, I don't know if it can That'll happen be unbelievable. Not, but I think with Golden Boy, um, you know, behind it, maybe, maybe that could be it. Um, but is it ready right now for those two guys? Not, not really, but he is. No questions asked. With all respect to Conor Ben, 
which is actually moving a 157 catchway against Eubank Jr. Admire that. He's got cojones like Canelo did when he moved up to 175 long there. But great job in at least staying active because you're not going to get a fight with Virgil. You're not going to get a fight with, uh, you know, uh, even with Rocha or even with, um, you know, uh, with Boots Enes. So respect to all those guys, but T, uh, Virgil Ortiz is way ahead as it pertains to young contenders at the Walter Wade division. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I want to mention something too, Sean, because I didn't answer your question. Yes, I think it's a tremendous question that you asked. You can be a fan of both Boots Ennis and Virgil Ortiz at the same time. It feels good. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah there's nothing wrong with that. You can see, I like both guys. I think this guy's going to win for this reason. I think this guy's going to win for that reason. That's all it is, and that's all it ever should be. The problem is you got channels out here that are race baiting and using race. They're going to push race as hard as they can when it comes to this matchup, if it ever happens. And I'll tell you here on, on this channel right here, that ain't going to happen. Okay. That's just not going to happen. Um, I want to give a shout out to some other guys that showed up in the chat. Calix boxing, another great channel there. Subscribe. Hey, to Calix boxing. Good stuff. And my hey, man right here, Son Santeo media who, uh, has been down in the uh, Robert Garcia Boxing Academy for a long, long time. Subscribe to his channel as well. He says Virgil Senior strategically has trained his son not to move his head too much off the line. The mindset behind the strategy from Senior is that you burn a lot of energy when it's unnecessary at times. You know, you got to respect what they've done so far. You know, I, I have no complaints of what they've been doing. I feel like Golden Boy has been moving them along uh, very well. Here's the link, guys. For those of you that are here and for those of you that watch it when this show is over and it's not live anymore, there's the link to Long Live Boxing. Make sure Mama. you subscribe to those guys, yeah. all right? I see Jesus M here as well. What's going on, brother? I, I love this guy, man. He shows up to all of my videos, all of my lives. That guy is a great subscriber. Hey, there. grinder. <laughs> Shoe Shine Boxing here as well. He says, I thought I was subscribed. Hit the subscribe to Long Live Boxing. Yeah, there you go. See? Got you guys another subscriber there. So, hey, don't be a scary, right? Yeah, hit that thing. Hit that thing That's up. Right. <laughs> so let's, let's, um, let's move on to the Saturday night. We got a card, ESPN. You guys seen that Teofimo Lopez is back contra Tio. Pedro Campa, all right, hey. in a 10-rounder, making his debut at 140 pounds. But before we talk about Teofimo, since I got my man Manny Marrero here, all right, <laughs> Puerto Rico, stand up. We're going to talk about the young phenom. We're going to talk about the young phenom out of Puerto Rico, Xander Zayas. Man. He's fighting for, uh, he's fighting for a title, right, This uh, for this fight. And uh, I'm, ex I'm excited for the kid, man. We talked to him two years ago when COVID was at its peak. Um, and, man, we've seen this kid grow and grow and grow, not only physically but mentally. And I was and, – and that's saying something because – I was real impressed with this kid when I first spoke to him. Very, he was only 18 years old and just very mature for his age. Um, and it's just getting better and better and better as time goes on. So, Manny, I'm going to pass the mic to you, man. Give us your thoughts. And how excited are you for the young Xander Zayas this Saturday? You can start seeing my smile getting up. And, and that's the <laughs> way that he lights up the stadium, man. Um, being to four of his fights. And that's the excitement you get from the people. Like, even people don't really have never seen him, but they know he's in the card. 
he they will like all congregate as close as possible. Remember, he started up from the bottom. So he started in the prelims and then he started in the, you know, started in the cards. So at the beginning, when you're in the prelims, there's not a lot of people. So people tend to stand around. It's like, what's the excitement this kid's bringing? Charismatic and, um, you know, his talent. He's just a beast. Very humble himself. Um, he had told us at one point, he's like, you guys don't know what I have when I can't bring. We talked to him when he was barely, you know, 16 years old. Um, he has matured so much. Um, I, myself, and not bringing too much of the hype, respecting the fact that he needs to be developed. And that's what they're doing. But I, myself, will find him. He will be the next Puerto Rican people's champion. What's a people champion? The, the champion of the people. You can have a bill. Mm -hmm. You can be successful. You have all the accolades. But guess what? You earn the love of the people. And he has done it organically. With, yes. with his talent, but also the way he talks and communicates to people. I uh, responded today to a, po uh, to a post um, Mom Jaitsa did today in, you know, in an interview, um, Top Rack did. And you know, I listened to that interview, the way he spoke and then the way he's so confident about himself and his talent. He was praising this kid. Um, she was really giving like, like a lot of props. And I responded to her and I um, you know, replied and I said, wow, that's just the, the, the hardcore dedication you've done to raise them the right way to give those values, to give everything he needs. So now you're seeing the fruit of that. Shout out to you, mom, because you were the one that did that regardless all the circumstances he went from when he was a kid being bullied, single mom, and then all of a sudden restoring a family, had to move away from Puerto Rico, but you still build the dream together and the rewards are going to be huge. And this family's just handling, handling this situation so good to the point that, man, it's just, it's it's got the, the complete package. Now he moves to 154 and then he's going to be fighting a very tough opponent. Um, you know, in Elias Espadas, he's 22 and four, very experienced. He's got a decent amount of, uh, of power um, when it comes to, you know, for, 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 for what he's faced in the past. But this is probably... Uh, a very tough challenge for him. And I think, you know, top rank has done a phenomenal job since, uh, job since they saw him for the first time. They signed him and they're bringing him, um, you know, they're just bringing him little by little. Um, no rush. There's no mm -hmm. hype. It's been everything organic. And Javier Centeno, you know, uh, sweat box, boxing gym in, in Florida, you know, hey, great they, gym. They, they just got an Definitely. undisputed 135 pounds. Um, this is bringing a lot of excitement to that stable. Um, even the female, Cristina Cruz, 2-0, my friend. He's got everything <laughs> around him. You know, iron shots, iron, and that's what's happening in this stable. And it's just, we, we just can't wait. And I love the fact he's so active right now that it's like, man, two months. Oh, when's Sander fighting again? Oh, he's coming back. So I'm glad he's better. He did have to, you know, uh, pull himself out from a, from that, you know, uh, Berlanga card uh, back in the, you know, Puerto Rican parade. And he was devastated. But, man, it is time to shine this weekend. Papi, we <laughs> love you. We thank you for that energy and everything you bring into the sport. And one fight at a time, may God continue to bless you because that's a generational talent. <laughs> Manny, we br you brought up Berlanga. We have a comment here on Berlanga. I'll let you read it, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to read it. Berlanga is terrible. Necesita desaparecer. Listen to me, Cali Boxing. We don't call him Berlanga. We call him Malanga. <laughs> I don't know what I mean, but you're absolutely right, man. I mean, I think it's more of the hype. Remember, I talked about Sander hasn't been with the hype 
right? It's yeah. not about the knockouts. It's about developing a young, talented individual. And then you have someone that's from the street. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's a horrible person, but he was raised more to what I have, to what I can do. And I know what's my talent, but everyone needs to know he shrubs it at people and, and it doesn't rub well with some fans mm. out there. And that's the problem. And now you're not delivering. Yeah. You're talking to talk, talking to talking, but you're not walking the walking. That's the problem. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, man. That's, that's, that's kind of funny, brother, because uh, we were just talking G Funky about you know you can like Boots and you can like uh, Virgil Ortiz. Can you like Xander and like Berlanga? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like I know, still I have do. hope, guys. I like Listen, both. I still have hope. <laughs> I I still have hope that he matures a little bit better and focus on exactly what he needs to do to be the complete package but it just doesn't seem like it's happening right now and with that incident that happened and he's going to be out of boxing until next year i think berlanga your wish will be your um uh, it will come true calix berlanga will be forgotten <laughs> for a little bit until maybe the hey. next puerto rican parade <laughs> no uh you know said brother now i'll just say this real quick um mommy i see and uh, papi orlando great job uh, being a father myself, we're all fathers on this panel, and those that are in the chat, much love. Uh, we know it's not easy being a parent. They've done an amazing job. I mean, I sit back and like, man, this guy is really impressive. During the press conference, he did his own uh, translation. He started off in yes. Spanish. We know we appreciate for the Spanish speakers. Then he did it in English. And at one point, he was even translating for his opponent. I'm like, this guy, but it's, it's like natural. He's not forcing anything. You can see it's generally him. And that's what I told him, you know, we had a chance to interview him. Um, you know, he's just so genuine and honest, and you know, I really appreciate that. And you could tell you can a lot see of the time. difference from the first interview to the second one, Sean. Remember, yeah, it was just no, a little no. kid, you know. No, so it's it's um it's really easy for, for me as a fan to support him. I know it's not always about how they are outside the ring, but it is of added bonus. But inside the ring, he's definitely an animal, he's a beast, and I can't wait to see him. Uh, do his thing. I'm very glad he gets to shine. And I want to say this also, too, for our brothers in Puerto Rico and for those that want to watch him outside of the U.S., We were, I would go ahead and say Xander Zayas, if you knew this or not, he's the reason I got ESPN Plus because you could never <laughs> Yes. ESPN <laughs> Plus, I call it uh, my, my, Zan, my Xander subscription because to see Xander... <laughs> I had to have ESPN Plus, and a lot of our brothers in Puerto Rico, they couldn't see him. They, you know, they had to rely on, you know, Manny, my brother Hopper, and myself to give updates on what Xander was doing and channels like UG Funky on what he was doing because, you know, they wouldn't show the fights. And even now, they have uh, uh, Omar Rosario; he's going to be on the card. ESPN mm, Plus, another good one. Watch him, and that's another one of their island zones. So, which is a way they could, um, you know, still get their profit, but the people in the island can get, you know more opportunity to see but, their but fight the, that's the difference maker sean because right now because of the espn and the platform g funky espn worldwide top rank tell me about it you get more exposure however kodo h2 yes. entertainment tuto sabala they're doing a lot in ringside tv they're doing now more things and actually i think they have a fight tomorrow night coming up uh pro is it to pro box tv or something like that but pro anyway box. Now they're starting to showcase more because there is talent. The problem is the island was paralyzed a little bit, you know, through the pandemic. They couldn't get sparring, training. Any boxer that lived in Puerto Rico had to go to Florida and train there. So that way they can, you know, because all the other pandemic in boxers didn't want to fight or even they pulled out because of the COVID. So now things are picking up a little bit more and there are tons of prospects and contenders out there. And this is what makes boxing excited because you have 
Puerto Ricans, you have Mexicans, you have Filipinos, they build a huge brand, Japanese, European boxing, the UK, Eddie Hearn, Matchroom Boxing USA, The Zone. Come on, guys. This is, we are, I believe that a couple of years ago, we were talking about, um, you know, the, uh, the rock bottom of boxing. Man, we're right now skyrocketing like a like one of those hot crypto stocks going up. <laughs> I like that. You know what I mean, I like it's, that, man. I want to um, say this real quick about Xander. Look, I know that he's you know this is going to be a, another step in the right direction as far as the level of competition goes for him. But I think a kid like that, I think he he's you, you just see him getting better and better with every fight. You know, you just see it. The work ethic is there again. The mentality is there more than anything. And look, I think he's going to win and I think he's going to, you know, do it impressively. I really do. But I'll say this on, a, on something that you said, Manny, and I think it's very true. The way that he's kind of been put into that pathway to become that next Puerto Rican boxing star, it happened organically. It wasn't forced down our throat like some some other fighters that we see, you know, and well, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> and we know that that Puerto Rico is is yearning for that next star, right? After after Cotto, you know? And when I asked this young man, you know, because I'm a big I was a big Felix Trinidad fan back in the 90s. That was my guy. Um I That's asked him I said, what, what, I said, what were your thoughts on Tito?" You know, and he goes, "You know, I didn't I don't really know too much about him. I was more of a Cotto guy." And I'm thinking to myself, "This is an 18-year-old kid. Of course he's going to know more about Cotto than than Trinidad, but um, <laughs> yeah, the natural the natural charisma that the kid has yeah. is very reminiscent to my man right here. All right, Tito, Tito the people's Tito, the people's Tito. champ, the people's Tito. champ, and that's the problem. When you try to <laughs> when, when you try to put yourself at the people's champ. It's not going to happen when you let it happen organically. That's what it is. And what I'm talking about, Tito Trinidad, I was talking about government dates off. I was talking about parades. I was talking yes. about all the different things that they would do for this guy. And it hasn't happened. And it didn't happen fully with Kodo. I'm not saying it's going to happen with Sander. But the people's champs requires skills, requires the ability to connect with people and also lead by example, that's the people champion. Mm -hmm. And right there, Felix Trinidad, it was the people champion. Highlight, Absolutely. highlight of Tito and Trinidad. Was... And I love this when he captured IBF title 1993 in the same time Dayanara Torre became Miss Universe. That was that Ooh. was like a whole weekend of party. It was Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, Monday, and then yeah, Tuesday. Like people call back, it sick at work. But that's how big it was, Tito Trinidad in Puerto Rico. So G-Funky, my brother, the boss, am I hearing you correctly? Like. Hefe, there's something kind of big right now. Hefe, on the show. <laughs> Are you getting Felix Tito Trinidad vibes from Xander as far as the charisma and how he acts in and outside the ring? So you are saying you kind of getting that vibe. I'm not saying he'll be that. Obviously, that's a huge plateau yes. to rise to, but you're starting to get that vibe. That's that's saying a lot, my brother. Yeah, I'm gonna say it as far as like I said, the natural charisma that has come to the kid because that's what Tito was all about, man. That island just got so behind him, and it was because he was so charismatic. You could see the passion and the love that he had for his people and for that island. When he would get in that ring, he would knock a guy out, and he would get on the ropes and pound that chest. You know? Oh, I just loved it, man. It gave me chills. Um, and he never and took like, time like to said, learn English, and he connected yeah. worldwide. 
Worldwide. The, the only time I remember him speaking English on a boxing fight or something was after he beat David Reed and he said, three gold medals, three gold medals. There we go, baby. Yes. I also had a few people here in the chat say uh, Henry Rebron and also Oscar Colasso, Henry two good, two good yeah. uh, fighters out of Puerto Rico as well. Yes. Um, anything you guys want to add before we go to Tiafimo and then we'll open up the phone lines? Um. No, just really excited. And yeah, Puerto Rico has a nice wave. Speaking of Henry LeBron, uh, we're big fans of him and big supporters, fan of, and friend of the show, uh, Capu Gonzalez's cousin, uh, yep. also fights the 126, and we're big fans of him. He lost against uh, Robbie Ramirez, but he came back. Robisi. And he had a good, Robisi, he had a good performance, and he came back on that last uh, Berlanga card, ironically. Shout out to Berlanga. Wish he was here. Shout out to the monster <laughs> Baranga. Uh, right. I want to answer uh, Guido Pion's question um, there. What is my top three upcoming Puerto Rican fighters today? Um, if you think about contenders, a little bit different, but when you think about natural talent and when it comes to just prospect, number one, obviously, Sander Sayas. Um, number two, because of the way we saw him avenging uh not avenging but coming back from that defeat against Robesi ramirez capo gonzalez man you know he has what it takes with his brothers yeah, like for him too and there's a kid him. at 154 pounds which is um you know uh brian polaco you know he also has what it takes to be um right now but when you ask me and i want to say this the next world champion we're talking about number 63 who would it be oscar Pupilo Collazo, 105 pounds, soon to be fighting Andres Rosa. Hope that happens, and that will be our 63, maybe 64, Subriel Matia, but that's what I have right now. Next mm. coming in when it comes to top Puerto Rican. We're going to break it down in our Matias, show someday, yeah. so you guys will have a much better idea of what's happening with the Puerto Rican, but it's growing. It's growing a lot, and we're pretty excited about it. Absolutely, and you guys know I've been saying this for a long time on this channel. It's great when puerto rican boxing is rolling because they have some very passionate and great fans i love when the garden is packed for their when they when they have the stars there i'm talking about from camacho trinidad Cotto, all those guys man they packed msg when they were there and it was great for boxing so let's move on guys last topic and then we'll up with the phone lines and i have a feeling this is going to be pretty quick okay no disrespect to anybody nice. but <laughs> Teofimo Lopez is back at 140 pounds after his upset loss to George Cambosis at 135 pounds. He decides to move up five pounds to go to super lightweight. And he's fighting out of Mexico, Pedro Campa, who's 31 or 34 and one with 23 knockouts. His only loss is coming from KO, which I'll talk about that a little bit when I Give my breakdown against Teofimo Lopez, 16 and 1 with 12 KOs. Um, real quick, because I think it is going to be quick from all of us. <laughs> and no disrespect to Pedro Campa. Like, I, I know he's he's coming here to do a job. He's getting paid right. to come here to fight. But I don't think it's going to last long. That's just my opinion. Sean, you go ahead and give me your breakdown, man. What do you think of this fight? Who wins and how? Okay. Um, I think kind of like the press conference, don't blink. It's going to go pretty quickly. <laughs> that was the the press conference. And that was like, you know, featuring the co-main and the main event, uh, 17 minutes and 38 seconds. But who's counting? I was. Uh, good stuff from top-ranking ESPN um, at the resort, sports resort. Um, but, yeah, as far as the fight, I think Tia Fimo, when they talk about Tia Fimo, they're, 
I took a look back at his last fight, uh, going back to when he broke out on the scene, so to speak, when he fought uh, William Silva, and uh, he was really explosive. And it reminded me of, you know, just the if the strip away, the the crazy quotes, um, you know, the the talk about stuff outside the ring, the things that are distracting him, which we know it is a mental game, but just raw talent. He is phenomenal, like as far as the skill, the explosion, the quick hands. And I think that, uh, you know, shout out to his opponent, but I think he's tailor-made. His head, talk, We said limited head movement with Virgil, no <laughs> head movement for this brother. And he's going to be putting his head down, wide shots. I mean, he's just going to be uh, taking shots to the dome. And, you know, for all the things that Teofimo is and isn't, I think even Teofimo at his worst, and people talking about his worst, that was a close fight. I mean, I had a 7-5 versus Cambosos, and he did knock down Cambosos in the 10th round. So I think we need to take a step back. It wasn't like he was dominated. He was just off on a guy who was focused when Tiafimo didn't have his focus. So I think that this guy is tailor-made his opponent to make Tiafimo look not only good, but great. And I think he's going to make a statement, you know, just being Tiafimo and not even be on his A game. If he's on his A game and he's able to focus, use those quick hands and explosion and uh, the quick feet that he has, um, he's just an amazing athlete when he has his game face on. I think that it's going to be really quick. I mean, I, I see it can't go and see him past four. And I think it's going to be an explosive knockout because his opponent's going to be running right into him. You know, his defense is his face. And that's not disrespect to his opponent. I, mm. He was selected for a reason. Mm -hmm. Right. You're right. Manny, go ahead. Give us your thoughts. Who wins and I, why? I mean, I totally agree. And I'm not going to take anything away from Kampas. I think Kampas had, um, had come here with a pretty good record. When you look at Kampas' resume, um, you know, one of the best fights he had, it was with Carlos Sanchez Valadez. But when we look at Valadez' resume, all he brought was a 22-0 and undefeated ranking. That's it. All right. Um, both Mexico and Mosillo. One loss, one draw. The power, it's okay. But I don't know when, since when, I mean, exactly when, you know, last time he fought was 2019. Does that make sense? So 34-1. 23 knockouts, 30 years of old. Is, 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 was that it for him? Was that the last kind of like a minute, someone that we can match Teofimo at least to get him an entry to the 140 pounds and keep him active? That's the thought to this. But at the same time, you know, I mean, that same thing happened with other fighters that come in, stepping up last minute and shock the world. So who knows? But honestly, I agree with my brother, Sean. And I do agree with him a lot. Don't get me wrong. Agree with him. I think it was going to be a knockout. I don't see this fight going past the fourth round. Hungry. He wants to make a statement to take over. It became a fake over, right? <laughs> he wants to bring him back again to take over 140 pounds. He's got great chances. And this is his next step to probably go on into contend for a world title for second division. Absolutely, man. And look. I'm going to agree with both of you guys, okay? I agree with you guys a lot. I'm going to agree with hey! both of you. It's a hat trick, yeah. all right? Give a hand to the panel. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm saying in less than four, all right? Like my man, okay. Nature Boy, the four horsemen, all right? Woo! Four horsemen. Okay, shout out to Ric Flair. <laughs> but I'll say this. Look, and I agree with what you're saying here, um, Shoeshine. Make sure you guys subscribe to the Shoeshine Boxing as well. He says, don't underestimate 
the Mexican boxers. They always come to win. Absolutely. And I'm not underestimating the guy. I don't underestimate anybody, right, when I make my predictions. You know, anything could happen. And look, Teofimo had a hiccup in his last fight, but I don't anticipate a hiccup here. I just don't. And like you guys said, you guys both kind of alluded to it. Look, Pedro Campa was selected for a reason, okay? He's to test the waters at 140 for Teofimo. And I think Teofimo's going to stop him in, in four. I think he's got the faster hands. He's got the better reflexes. He's the, he's twitchy, athletic, uh, power. He doesn't have to cut that extra five pounds anymore. So I think that's going to benefit him as well. And look, Campo's a solid guy, okay, from what I've seen. You know, he's, you know, typical kind of tech textbook, kind of, you know, leave the lead hand out and come in behind the jab. He likes to get to the body and dig hooks. I think the problem is here is, again, he's just – the hands are too slow. The feet are too slow. Like Sean said, not a lot of head movement. Like none. And I think, really, a lot of his work is done at mid-range, which means he needs to get extension on a lot of his shots. When you got a guy who needs – extension not very fast going up against a guy who throws a lot of short crisp shots that's trouble that is big trouble for pedro campa i'm sorry it just is and look one thing i noticed in his fight and his only loss was a knockout loss to torrito jimenez he was knocked out brutally with a left hook and it wasn't just one of those things where it was just like he just landed some crazy shot out of nowhere if you go back and watch the fight and it's on YouTube, he got hit with a lot of left hooks. He is a sucker for a left hook. And Teofimo has, in my opinion, one of the best short and crisp left hooks in the game. I think that thing is going to find its home quite often and quite early in this fight. And I think that's what's going to end the fight. I'm going to call left hook. Within four rounds, Teofimo Lopez gets the job done here, guys. So here's what I'm going to do. Another 15 minutes or so. The phone number is on the screen. If anybody wants to call in and talk to the boss and the guys from the Long Live Boxing crew, the number is on the screen, 916-572-1020. We will take some phone calls. You can give us your prediction, or you can talk about whatever else you want, whatever else we covered here on tonight's show. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not too concerned with – I see a lot of people in the chat saying that, you know, we don't know where Tiafimo is mentally and, and things like that. Look – I'm not concerned with that. What I'm concerned with is, look, a lot of fighters say crazy things all the time, okay? Let's not act like we're new to boxing here, okay? Fighters say crazy things all the time. This guy looks in phenomenal shape. From what I've seen the training, he looks sharp, he looks fast, he looks crisp. So I'm not too concerned. We got a call coming in, guys. Give me one. All right. Let's get it. All right, we got my man Calix 2.0. Hey, what's going on, Calix? Hey, <laughs> defunct Manny Gringo, what's going on? I'm ready to see Tiafimo back in action. That's He's right, back, man. Hey. <laughs> what's your prediction, bro? How do how do you see it? Uh, early, early and often. Camp is just wrong place, wrong time, right? He's, um, <laughs> That's really what it is. He was he was picked for a reason, as Ringo was saying earlier. Um, this is a step up, five for one forty. Um, top rank. I think they wanted to be careful after the Cambozo fight, and then step up to one forty, see where Tiafimo's heads at. And yeah, I, I'm not liking a lot of the comments I'm seeing from Tiafimo, but I I think Tiafimo, much like Tyson Fury, is a guy who can compartment compartmentalize that stuff, right? Like 
I don't think it's going to bleed into inside the ring like it did against Cambosos. I think he's going to get it back together inside the ring, put on a good performance. And I think the outlook for him at 140 actually looks pretty good from what I'm seeing. Josh Taylor is going to move up after this next fight. All the belts will be, um, you know, have one of the belts about to become vacant because they mandated, that's the IBF mandated Josh Taylor uh, to fight somebody, and he's not going to do that. And then after the Catterall fight, which will likely happen in November, hopefully, hopefully. they get that figured out. Yeah, it, the other fight, the other belt will become vacant. So whether he gets a shot at the vacant belt that'll be left later on in the year, I don't know, but he'll be a mandatory for somebody right away in 2023. And I think he gets picks off one of those belts right away in 2023 and starts to look at unification. So um, the big question we all have, right, is, is there's a big difference between the Tiafimo we saw against Lomachenko and the Tiafimo we saw against Cambosos. Yes, sir. Huge difference. Huge gap. So that leaves a ton of question marks, a ton of questions. And, you know, there's a, there's a big range of where we could see Tiafimo going from here because there was such a big difference between the two fights. But I just can't get that 12th round against Lomachenko out of my head. Remember when we had this, this show uh, with UND style? <laughs> yes, sir. And I came on. The fight of the week, you guys picked Tiafimo, I picked Lomachenko. And Lomachenko was a big favorite going into that fight. And what happened? Tiafimo won eight rounds on my card. I don't remember what happened. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Calix, not to interrupt your thought, but I got a super chat here from Chauncey Pearls. He says, tell Calix you better have my money ready. I'm not sure what's going on here. You guys got a wager going on or something? Yes, yes. So Chauncey is betting. I'm giving Chauncey, I think, uh, what is it, two, almost two and a half to one odds. He's picking He's picking Joshua, and I'm picking Usyk. So, oh, uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. And if Bud versus if Bud versus Arrow comes off, he's picking Arrow, and I'm picking Bud. So I think Chauncey's gonna be he better. Have my bags ready. Mm. Be, I'm gonna be Get that mm. money out of the bank. You, you wouldn't have money, Callie. What they call you, money bags? Boxing 2.0. All right. <laughs> hey, Callie, uh, if you're watching, I support you, man. Two oh, no. oh breaks out with the and Ukrainian we'll flag. Look at that. No, we'll having them uh, props ready. Props on. <laughs> I'm not only just for Puerto Ricans, I do overseas as well. So see. <laughs> oh, I love that, man. I love that so much. Um, real quickly, Calix, before I let you go, um, and we get another caller in. What are your thoughts on what we talked about in the beginning of the show? I don't know if you were here, but we talked about the narrative out there that Virgil is one-dimensional and he's terrible on oh defense, bad footwork. I mean, what do you think, man? No, it's, it's a it's a lazy narrative. It's lazy. I've talked about that often as well, and Desau talked about it. Virgil has more layers. He's more versatile than people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. And I think one way you can see that is when I watch when I watch him fight, he doesn't get hit that much coming in. Yeah. He's working his way in. It's when he's on the inside when he's getting hit, but he doesn't mind that because he's hitting two to three to one over his opponents, and he's landing the bigger shots. And you saw it once again with McKinson. McKinson is a really good boxer. He's a really good boxer. He has to be because he only had two knockouts and 22 wins. So he has to have other things that can make up for that. And Virgil was still able to 
knock it out box from him. It could have it could have ended up being like Mungia against Jimmy Kelly, right? Remember yeah. Jimmy Kelly did good work against Mungia until Mungia ended up stopping him. That didn't happen. That didn't happen in this fight. Virgil is a good boxer, and he's going to show that over time when he has to reach for those other um, aspects of his game. He's going to show that over time. So I, I I see a lot of upside with Virgil. I'm high on him. Um, right now, I would rank him fourth in the division just because I give Ugas that respect still for what he's done at number three. But only a matter of time before Virgil jumps him and he's next in line for who, for how, however the Bud versus Errol thing plays out. So definitely high on Virgil. And just a final thought on the Tiafimo thing. I just I think a guy that beats Lomachenko and a guy who performed particularly in the 12th round like he did against Lomachenko, that guy does not disappear. Yeah. That guy is still Hopefully there not. somewhere. That guy doesn't just disappear. Like Bivol just beat the pound for pound king. Tiafimo did that against Lomachenko in 2020. Lomachenko was seen as arguably the pound for pound king. Tiafimo outboxed him. All right. So that guy doesn't just go away. So he's going to have a run at 140. He may lose a fight here and there, but that's okay. But he's going to have a run at 140. That's undeniable. Yeah. Great point, Hey, Callis, man. I got a Great question point, quickly for you. Um, how do you rank the top three contenders at 147? 147. The top three I youngest contender. How do you rank them? We talk a lot about four, maybe five oh, the now with the addition of Cobbs. How do you rank? Right. So, including Virgil, Butines, Carbon, yeah, so, Rochant, and Cobbs. Yep. So, obviously, Errol and Bud are at the top. And then the top coming after that with Ugas at three would be Virgil, then Boots. Then I would have Stanny Onis. Mm, slightly over Connor Ben. Yeah. Okay. Slightly over okay. Connor Ben and Con over Cody Crawley. Is so it because he's, uh, he's got it, a Reggie? I, I like. He's already proven somehow he's a champion. Stanios is scary, that? Man. I like Stanios. Yeah, Stanios just beat. Yeah, he just beat both Butayev, and he's got one of the Reggies. Yeah, he's got the Reggie. So, right. Um, so it's be, is it is it why I you hope, you put him on top of Ben? Yeah, and just just because I've seen more of him, the, the Butayev win to me is better than anything Ben has done so far. But I like Ben. I, you know, I like him. I, I just. I need to see more from him at 147. I don't, I don't necessarily love the Eubank fight, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, but I'm I'm higher on Stanionis than most. But Virgil versus Stanionis, oh my God, that was what a fight that was. Virgil, Virgil to me would be insane. Yeah, Virgil would beat him. Virgil would beat him in my opinion. But what a fight that would be. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Well, Calix, hey man, I appreciate the call, man, and. You know, enjoy your rest of your night, brother, and make sure you guys subscribe to Calix Boxing oh, 2.0, yeah. man. Appreciate y'all. Anytime, brother. Thanks a lot for the call. That was Calix Boxing, guys. The numbers, the line is open again. The numbers on the screen. You want to call in? Um, I see some really good comments here in the chat. Let's see here. Chauncey says, uh, "Check out ITR Boxing's video on Virgil. That narrative, um, such a good assessment. Definitely, we'll definitely check that out for sure." Uh, Shushine answers your question here, man. He says he's got Boots, Ortiz, then Ben. And then he also follows up and says Crawley cracks his top five. We got another phone call. Give me a second, guys. All right. Let's go. Good stuff, Shushine. I like that ranking, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a tip. 
All right, we got my main man from Northern California, 97 Rough from Leaving in the Ring. What's going on, bro? Woo! What's hey! going on, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad you called in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brother. I, I uh, had dinner really quick, and I was rushing back, and, you know, if I could catch up to what you guys were talking about. Good stuff, man. So, yeah, I told y'all I was going to come through, man. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Uh, what are your thoughts, man, on anything we talked about here? The the floor is yours, man. Go ahead. Um, well, you know, Teal, you know, you guys talked a lot about Teal Fimo uh, Lopez. And I have to agree with a lot of things that you guys, you know, were talking and pushing out there. Um, I think that, you know, I think you guys are right. Top rank needs to find out where this kid heads at, uh, needs to find out. Um, I mean, needs to give him a confident booster, obviously, mm -hmm. at his first, uh, you know, jump uh, at 140, and they gave him a tailor-made opponent in front of him. Which, you know, I mean, look, it's not something that's not uncommon. It's common when yes. a guy comes off a loss, you know, and then says that he struggled to make that weight, and that's why he lost this fight against George Combosa Jr. So top rank is pretty much calling his bluff like okay let's see if it's true let's see if it's mental let's see if you just everything went to your head let's find out if you can take this guy in within four rounds like everybody's pre predicting right um and and that's the that's the road they're going to go with him and uh, i think that's the i think that's the right thing to do and, and top rank is not shy with actually putting fighters to fight for their bone we've seen it Plenty of times, you know, when they finally see, okay, this guy's top is ceiling, or, you know, we've invested a lot of money in this guy and we're not getting our return. Let's put him up with something that's going to, we're going to find out if he's going to do or die, you know. And uh, I think that's where they're at with him moving up and then with all the excuses and all, everybody thinking he's having his mental breakdown because of all the shit that he's been saying. I think Top Rank's like, well, let's see what, you know, let's see what he's all about. Let's see if really, honestly, it was a weight issue. And let's see if the takeover has came back to try to take over a 140 division. Absolutely. Well said, man. And I think, yeah, you're right. They just top rank wants him to dip his toes in the water, see how cold it is or how warm it is, you know, before uh, they throw him in there tough. And, and like Calix said before you called in, um, those belts, once they uh, get separated, when, when Josh Taylor decides to vacate them when he moves up or, or whatnot, whatever he's going to do, yeah, he's going to get his hands on a belt, right. I believe, soon. Um, Anything you guys want to add to that? No, I I, I definitely agree, and it's it's intriguing. And uh, again, going back and looking at his fight against William Silva, it just reminded of the uh, brilliance as far as this this raw ability. So yeah, great call. And you know, say what you will about outside the ring, inside the ring, he's must see. He still is, and mm -hmm. I, I can't wait to see him. So I, I'm excited. And this guy's tailor made to get destroyed, and I, I'm all for it. <laughs> I, I love the way. Yeah, you said I mean that. I think that's what everybody wants to tune in. Tune in, you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah, they want to exactly. see if he comes back out and, and and he knocks the guy out, and then he does his little what is it? The uh, Fortnite dance, I yeah. I <laughs> the backflip, the Fortnite dance. There you go, bro. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, I I, I like the way you said it you know, earlier I, that uh, top ranks. Um, you know, hey, you you want to put excuses to the side? All right, okay. Uh, five pounds. You want to go back to one forty? Okay, we'll get you people. And keep in mind, Top Rank had issues going into the Lomachenko fight because of money. <laughs> they gave yeah, him the that money, too, yeah, right? right? They gave him the money. They gave him all the accolades. Right. They gave him the stardom. They gave him the marketing. They 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 gave him everything to take over. They enhanced it, put it in a china plate, and then it was <laughs> all gone. 
So, I mean, you know, that was perfectly said that way. That way, Because I think Top Rank definitely is testing him in the 140 waters and see what can they get in return. And they're hoping for the best investments out there. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you got, and you got to remember, even after the whole uh, Lomachenko, uh, you know, shit that he did, you got to remember, he went to Trilla. Yeah. You know, for the Cambosa Jr. The fight. He, yep. he literally took out the, yeah, the guys that got him there. And that got, you know, knowing Bob Arum, that sat with him and, and it, it festered in him. So I'm looking at Bob going, okay, let's do the 140. Let's see if that, that's true what, of what happened that night. And, uh, and then, uh, then I'm going to throw you in with somebody big, somebody, you know, yep. still out there that's uh, dangerous. You know, I mean, you still have, even though Jose Ramirez doesn't have a title, he's still a dangerous fighter. Yeah, definitely. And that's a hell of a matchup. Jose Ramirez. Um, we've seen Chonza Pera has got himself a, a nice fight with Regis Progress. I, I really like that matchup as well. Um, so, I mean, yeah, with, right. look, 140 is a division that belongs to top rank, you know, kind of like how 154 right. pounds is a PBC division, you know. Um, so there's plenty of work for Tiafimo there. We just, again, he needs to he needs to make a statement, I think. And I think he will because this guy here, like I said, he's he's a sucker for a left hook. And I see mm. one of those short Chris left hooks landing pretty early and hurting this guy. Um, so we'll see, man. But hey, 97, man, love hearing from you all the time, man. We're gonna hook up soon and 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 do another one of these shows, brother. Absolutely, brother. It was good talking to you guys. Yeah, Absolutely, man. Thanks for the call, brother. Appreciate it, guys. We'll take one more call, and if not, we'll wrap it up because this has been one hell of a show, man. I love doing the show with my brothers here from the Long Live Boxing Channel here. Mio! Um, hey, that's right, man. <laughs> that's right. Um, we got hey, a comment here. It's going to become interesting. Um, by the time I get a call, I just want to make a quick statement. Um, you know, sure, just sure. a quick comment. 147, it is getting interesting, especially right now how Calix uh, Boxing 2.0 described it. And um, there will be a lot of great opportunities. And as we know, Sean Cepeda um, would possibly with Regis Progray, you know, and leaving everything aside. But we got a call. We got a call. That's going to be a great fight. Absolutely. The final call of the night. And who better to call in for the last call on the show than my brother from another mother. This D style boxing. <laughs> what's up, brother? What's on your mind, man? Here's what I'll say, and, and, and I'm, I'm very optimistic about Saturday night. Hmm. I think Yo Primo's going to look like a million bucks. I okay. think he's going to look phenomenal. I, I I think he's always going to be since the Nakatani fight. The dude's had issues with the family, and, and now he's got baby mama drama. He's got like he's definitely a polarizing figure. Like it is like he just is. And I think I have a feeling, man. Like the universe, it's, it's a self-correcting system. And I think the Ophimos going to look phenomenal on Saturday. I think he's going to look spectacular. I think he's going to win by knockout. Um, we may or may not see a Fortnite dance. I don't know, but, but we might see it. What I do know is this, right? What I do know is that I, or I, I can't say I know, but it's still, you know, it's the way we boxing fans talk. You know what I mean? 
we act like we have a crystal ball in front of us, something like that. One. So it is what it <laughs> right. is. But, but like, I know he's going to win. Right? He's going to win this fight. Right? And I think it's going to have a run. I think, shout out to Joe Habib. He doesn't feel he'll ever be a champion again. I completely disagree. Yeah. I think a lot of people, and I, and I don't mean Beeb in this case, but a lot of people out there are rooting against, actively rooting against Teofimo Lopez. Yep. And that's literally the worst thing you can do because that motivates him. Mm-hmm. That fuels him. When people tell him he can't do something, everybody was telling him he's going to knock out Kamosa. Look what happened. But when people were telling him, they were laughing. Yes. At the thought. Just a prediction of like, yeah, I think Teofimo can win. <laughs> You're an idiot. Like, look, if you, like I'm telling you right now, this fuels him. So I think for this fight, he's going to do it. But he will win a belt. It might be, it might be just be a trinket. It might be a vacant belt. I don't know yet, right? But Yofimo Lopez will pick up a belt next year. He will be a world champion again. I think a lot of people are going to be eating a lot of crow. And, uh, and I'm going to feed it to you guys raw, too. I'm not going <laughs> to cook it. I'm not going to put it in the oven. You're going to eat the crow raw, okay? Because I feel, this is my personal opinion, a lot of people have thrown shots at Yofimo Lopez because it's easy to throw shots at him right now. It's easy to throw shots at somebody when they're at their lowest. When I see people trying to put their foot on somebody when they're down, and trying to kick them while they're down, because that's what a lot of people have been doing, mm-hmm. right? Getting angry at him for things that nobody should be getting angry at fighters for. I mean, because he took pictures with Canelo or because <laughs> he talks this way, he talks that way. I mean, shit, like, it, it, it felt like the Run, you know, the, uh, run DMC and uh, Aerosmith song, like, he talks this way and he walks this way and he said this and <laughs> yes, he's brash. Yes, he talks about yes, they made a lot of excuses and I didn't like that. But that's who they are. Like him and his father walked around with a chip on his shoulder. They're not going to change. So good luck changing them. Right? Yeah. They are who they are. And they got and they got to where they got with that attitude. You know, and I think it is a, the takeover two starts, it, it starts this weekend. And uh, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Just get ready for the crow. Yeah. I'll eat the crow raw. I'll eat that <laughs> shit like that, that boosting. It's all good. But get ready for it. I, I ain't going to put salt on the shit. I've seen them. I've seen salsa. raw. You're going to eat that shit raw. <laughs> and, like, I, I'll say this, man. I agree with you. There's a lot of people out there that, let's just be honest. They're Lomachenko fanboys is what they are. They're still hurt that this guy beat. Uh, that that Tiafimo beat their guy. They're still upset, you know? And there's a song out there, a classic song. Some of you might know, but it goes, feelings, nothing more than feelings. That's what these guys got all day long when it comes to that loss. They can't get over it. Guys over here talking about Loma set the blueprint. How do you set a blueprint on a guy that whipped your ass? How the hell do you do that? How the hell do you, uh, oh, he almost knocked out to you. Like, this is crazy. This is crazy talk, man. But again, feelings. That's all it is, man. You guys want to add anything? I, I, I don't oh, have I my feelings hurt, to be honest. But what <laughs> I can say is that the reason why so many like myself are still in offense when it comes to Teofimo Lopez is because of his arrogance. And, you know, him and his father, the way they handle the media, the way they handle the people, the who I am, the what I am, what I can do, the takeover, and all that kind of crap. Yes, this is why he hasn't still gained, you know, the, the the love from many 
of boxing fans, do they see the skill? Do they see the potential? I mean, my brother here, D-Style, sees that. And I do too. But now we got to start continuing to see. You know, he's talking and talking and keep talking and talking. At least he's not talking that much right now. But I'm hoping that he can yeah. show that now, that he can walk it and become two division champions and dominate yeah. the division again. Why not? We all believed it. To be the best, you got to be the king. And me, yeah. myself, I say it. I admit it. Did I cry? No. But Teofimo beat the king. So he sure did. And that's that's sure did. See, that's the thing. I don't have a problem with if you're a Lomachenko fan. And this is not a problem with Loma himself. My problem is again, the guys are out here who are doing the revenge picks. Yeah. Right. A lot of these guys want to walk around like they're smart because they said Cambosis was going to beat him. Look, just be quite honest. You picked against the guy because you hate him. You want oh, to see him lose. Cambosis. That's all <laughs> it is. That's really all it is. Uh, Sean, you want to add anything? To that? Or go ahead, D. Go ahead. Well, a lot of them didn't. That's the problem. They didn't pick Cambosis. Like, like that's that's another issue. But all, all I know is this: this is all out there. Um, I don't think all of them are Lomas fans. I don't. I just think he's a polarizing figure. There's there's a lot of you know people that are really critical of Theo. And look, a lot of it is warranted. The, 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 the way they acted after the Cambosis fight was unacceptable to me. You know what mm, I mean? Me too. Uh, so a lot of it was warranted, right? There's no doubt about that. My only thing is this, right? It's one thing to criticize. It's one thing to um, – and all valid criticism, the way they acted after the fight. But it's not like that crazy, first of all, for fighters to say, oh, I foul Taiwan. Like, like Danny Garcia clearly won. Jose Benavides and his brother were saying that they felt that Jose won the fight. Canelo said, oh, I fought that one against Bivol. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally normal. Yeah. It's not as crazy as people make it seem, but I do think that even when, when criticisms are valid with Theofimo, people amplify them. And maybe it's because of the attitude. Maybe because it's because of the, of the attitude. way you know, they present themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, and I get that. Completely warranted, right? But, but there's people that are actively wishing that he fails. Um, I don't know, like, if you are a Lomachenko fan, why do you want this kid to fail? The more he, like, the better he looks, like, the better for Loma, right? I mean, yeah. if, let's say he gets on a losing streak. Let's say he loses on Saturday. That doesn't look really good for Loma. Nope. Like, people in the yo, Loma lost to this dude. Like, so it, it, are you saying that Loma lost to someone that isn't good? <laughs> like, like what, what are you trying to say exactly? And I don't want to hear the excuse about the show because Loma's another one. He said he felt he won after their fight. He said, oh, I, I had an issue with, like, if you want to talk excuses, he was making excuses too. Mm -hmm. Like he was saying, but, I, but I'm, I'm consistent though. I called out Lomachenko when he made excuses. I called out Dio Fimo Lopez live that night for making excuses. Right? Yep. I didn't agree with the conspiracies. I didn't agree. I spoke out against all that. Same here. That's the main difference. Same but what here. I know is this, and I don't know if you guys, and I'll leave you guys with this one. In my opinion, he's good for the sport of boxing. He's polarizing. I think the, the, the more success Eufimo Lopez has, the better for the sport. I, I just, I just, I think the kid, I think he's must watch. I, I think there's a reason 4 million people tuned in with the ESPN and the ESPN Plus combined to watch that fight with him and Lomachenko. There's a reason for that. Like, there's something there. Yep. 
And it was all the world. I get all that. But I think this is boxing's all about redemption, baby. Boxing's all about comeback stories. We see comeback stories all the fucking time. Yep. Right? And this is an opportunity for redemption. This is not, is it, and he needs to do it. He, he needs to go out there. He needs to execute. And he needs to win some big fights. Otherwise, it's a failure because he, he, if there's a high standard for him. Right? But there's some people out here acting like it would be great if he was out of the sport. And a lot of it, they just don't like him. And they don't like him not because of his attitude. Like They don't like him because of who he be. There's a lot of Lomachenko fans that just simply don't like him for that reason. Yeah. Right? And, and I also feel that... Who was this like it even before Lomachenko? So it's not all the... all the. It's even before that. You know, and that's what I was going like to say, Manny. I was, I was about to say, there are, like, his attitude is just not something... It's not for everybody. I get that. Yep. Like, his attitude, it just doesn't resonate with people. It's a different... It's a brashness. It's, there's... Like this cockiness, I get all that. Like I yeah. usually don't even like fighters like that. But I think what he did in the, what he was doing in the ring superseded his attitude, and and that's the reason you know I was a fan of the kid. The so, fanatics, the fanatics, out, and there's a big population of them. Yeah, fanatics, that's true. Fanatics, population yeah. of them who are not going to like that. And there's huge fanatics like us. We are fans of a certain boxer, but we understand the science of boxing, and we are also Looking at the skill level, which that's what you're talking about. The rest mm -hmm. of it is besides the point. If you have the skill and you walk the walk, talking the talking, you're hated, but they're still going to like you. Mayweather was hated his entire career. Mayweather, no one liked him. Everyone that bet against Mayweather lost every single time. And I knew people like that. I actually yep. did lose a lot until I started switching my mom because I was not a hater. I just didn't see that. But you know what? Hey, you'll have a diverse of fan fans who are going to be on the fence on certain things. And this is one of those cases. I hope that because also adding his father um, attitude into the mix, that's also it's double whammy. That's yeah, why it's, it's, it's intense. And I'll say this. Again, this is not to all Loma fans. They're not all this way. But I see a lot of them out there. Again, they're saying that this guy was scared to rematch Lomachenko. And I'm like, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he fight him already? Like, I mean, how, how can you be scared of a guy you already fought and beat? You know, like, see, that's the type of talk that I say is crazy fanboy talk. Um, saying that Loma set the mm -hmm. blueprint when a loss. Like, that's crazy fanboy talk. Like, saying that he almost knocked out Tifimo in that fight. That's crazy fanboy talk, you know? And I'm sorry, I just can't take you serious if if, <laughs> if you're saying some of these things. Sean, you want to yeah. say something before we wrap this one up, brother? Yeah, um, great stuff, great show, uh, great calls, uh, great boxing talk, which I love. And I think that you guys hit it on the head right on, and, uh, you know, D-Style hit it on the head as well. And this is my thoughts. Obviously, people love him, hate him, kind of like us, debate his outside-the-ring situation his father, his crazy Gandhi quotes, all that stuff. But <laughs> boxing is better with Tiafimo Lopez. You can't debate that because this sport is better with more talent. You infuse mm -hmm. talent, you, you fuse the better competition. I mean, at first, I had to kind of take a step back and kind of reassess myself. Adding him to 140 takes it to a whole nother level. If like what Calix said, and there is the move up by uh, Josh Taylor and things become fractured as far as, you know, no longer uh, undisputed, 
and those different belts, you best believe that Tiafimo is going to be in the mix because he has the machine behind him and he's a talent and people want to see him, myself included. So I'm excited for Saturday. I'm excited to see what's in the future. I think 140 is the best thing that can happen for him. And talking about as far as like the Loma fans or what they are and what they aren't, separating that fight the further you get away from that fight the better for everyone in, involved mm -hmm. and i think 140 as far as for his size his mental psyche us as fans then the matchups is one of the best things can happen so i'm really really hoping this can work out and I, i'm expecting fireworks and i think we're going to get them and i can't wait yes sir man this has been great guys um i always love like i said i love these guys i watch their show every sunday and I want you guys to do the same as well. Okay, I had put the link in there earlier. Make sure you guys check them out. Long Live Boxing here on YouTube. I want to thank Chauncey Pearls. Let's give him a hand for <laughs> donating to the channel. And also to everybody that called in, Calix Boxing, 97 Rough, D-Style Boxing. Um, all you guys here live in the chat and everybody that watches this thing, wants it archives. If you're not subscribed to the channel, subscribe, hit that like button, all that good stuff. Guys, I want to make an announcement here real quick. Tomorrow. I will be doing a prediction show for the, well, some people are saying the biggest fight in boxing going on yep. right now, Canelo versus Triple G. Yes, the prediction Woo. is coming out early for this hey. one, okay? And Can't I'll wait. be joined I'll be joined by a friend of mine here. It's going to be a surprise right now, but I think you guys are going to really enjoy who it is, all right? <laughs> some of you fans might not like it, but it's going to happen, all right? You're just going to have to take it. Okay, but uh, guys, I want to I want to give you guys um uh, the last uh, words to say here, and then we'll wrap this thing up, man. Uh, just real quick, thanks again for having us on. Thanks for everybody that tuned in, looking to the show live in the chat. That great to have that interaction. Also, listen to on the archive. We appreciate you, G Funky. You're the man, the boss. It's the honor to be on with the show and talk boxing with people that love boxing and respect the sport. The sweet science Saturday night is going down. Don't miss Xander Zayas is going down. Puerto Rico stand up. Manny. Yes, sir. Manny, go ahead, brother. All right. Uh, well, G Funky, um, you know, D Style, your community has embraced us. And, you know, these collaborations are awesome. I thank you. Thank you so much. I love what you guys are doing. I like the energy. I like that, you know, we all have something in common. And that is, you know, the sport of boxing. And um, check us out. We're not the break news guys but we bring excitement we break it down like it is like i always say in our show like it should be the three brothers this is a three-man show um off one and one for all congratulations puerto rico fajardo the beauty representing the next miss universe from the island just got crowned right now beautiful mm. love you guys thank you so much and vivo she sounds great absolutely man i love these guys and again you guys know I don't mess with these biased, weird channels that are out there. All right. These guys, they give their opinion, whether you like it or not. That's what I call real boxing talk. Okay. And they're not emotional about it. They're not biased about it. They just give it to you straight off the cuff, man. And that's what I love about these guys. So anyways, that's been great. Enjoy the fights this Saturday. And again, tomorrow I'll be live to break down the trilogy. Canelo, Gennady Golovkin. Should be a fun, interesting mm. show with who I got joining me tomorrow. So, again, make sure you guys subscribe Long Live Boxing. And if you're new to the channel, subscribe here as well. G Funky here for the guys. 
Manny and Sean, we're out. See you guys on the next one. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.